so vanilla bear um i know our audience at home can't see this but look at how much of my notebook is left this is the notebook love that it. i use exclusively for us love it look at how much is left probably about i don't know honestly maybe 12 pages yeah um, we're gonna get you a closet like eminem yeah no kidding huh that could <laughs> you even now we've been doing this for a long time not this show in particular but you and i have been doing this for a long time right think yeah, yeah. back into our annals of topics what do you think is the very first topic in this notebook <laughs> oh my god uh horror classics or horror monsters uh no this is a little bit uh after that but you're on the right path it isn't a a movie topic oh maybe it was um oh god i'm thinking watchmen but that had a movie involved i honestly don't know uh our legend of zelda ah yes yes legend of zelda Yes, it was yeah. our Legend of Zelda. Uh, speaking of, speaking of, I hurt for you. I was listening to a podcast and they're talking about the live action movie they want to make, which I think could be pretty freaking cool. Sure. I think that's a great game for actual live action and they didn't go the safe route. I think that could be a really awesome thing if they spend the money and do it right. Okay. But... One of the guys was like, I've never really liked it. There's never really much of a story to it. And I was, I almost was like, I'm going to send you the podcast that we did to prove to you that you are wrong, sir. <laughs> you mean where I summarized every Everything. single storyline? <laughs> Only yeah. took me three hours? Yeah. Well, I think his complaint is mainly that the story is told in such broken up pieces based on how much someone explores. That right? is the... Beauty I get it. Of no, it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying he's right. I'm just telling you what I think his argument was. Yeah, it horrible, made me laugh. What a horrible take. <laughs> yeah, I was like, if he was here, he would be jumping through this radio right now. Yeah, what a horrible <laughs> take to have on the Legend of Zelda. Maybe the most like cinematic of yeah. video games out there, if you think about it, right? Yeah. Um, I, I do want to see what they do with Zelda. I think they're going to make a unique version of Zelda. Uh, it is super interesting because they're with the success of the animated Mario movie, I had assumed that they would continue with the animation style. Yeah. You know? I don't know. We'll see. I had even thought for a little bit that if you were going to do a Legend of Zelda movie that you would go stop motion. Ooh, you could do that. Right? There's options. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of fantasy and all the other fun movies we watch, we so saw many, so many fun new, movies. Yeah. We saw the Marvels. We sure did. Not together because we live in different areas. No. <laughs> uh, before we jump into that and give our quick synopsis before the real deal today, which is another Disney property. Funny enough, it all works out well today. Yeah, this uh, was a great this was a great course correction from you, Vanilla Bear. Yeah, it worked out great. Uh, yeah. And we'll get into why I wanted to do that in a minute. But tell the folks at home who we are, 
and how they can help. Well, two easily answered remarks there. Over there is the Vanilla Bear Patrick drinking a delicious, what, Coke Zero? Coke Zero Zero Caffeine. Coke Zero Squared, if you will. And if you don't know, you should know, this is your Chocolate Bear Mundo. Uh, I am drinking, of course, a classic Dr. Pepper, (laughs) 23 satisfying flavors, and every single one tastes like cherry. In case you were wondering, who was the 23rd WWE champion of all time. (laughs) That is my fact for you today, sir. (laughs) I am going to say Yokozuna. Okay. (laughs) Based on no information whatsoever. I thought I'd catch you off guard. You really did. Um, <laughs> my sisters and I have for a little bit here um, been calling uh, Dr. Pepper uh, barbecue Sprite. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and I will have you know, Vanilla Bear, <laughs> that I just Googled it. I just looked it up. Uh-huh. And winning the bout on April 4th, 1993, your 23rd WWE champion, Yoko Fukuzuna. Good job. Gold marks to you. <laughs> Maybe we'll give you a space cat as a reward. I freaking did it. <laughs> you did. You nailed it. That was wild. That was legitimately a random get. I was either going to say Love uh, it. Yoko Zuna or Bret Hart, uh, it, it, one of those two just felt right. And I went with the yokes. Would have never thought that that was correct, though. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and listen, people, we talk about everything, including professional wrestling, including video games, including classic moves, including new moves, including TV shows, including books, including music. We talk about everything. And if you want to give us a topic, a movie to watch, a, a TV show that we could quickly get through and review, you super can. All you have to do is email us at the Forest Film Club 22 at Gmail. Dot com. Once again, that's forestfilmclub22 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, and of course, you can follow us on the socials at forestfilmclub22. And you, Vanilla Bear, have a brand new article coming out on WordPress. Opinions can be wrong. Isn't that correct? Yep. Just got to type that bad boy up. But if you listen to the last episode, I was in a bit of a slump. Our conversation today has continued my villain series. Yeah. Yep. And, and and it's always just so fun talking about baddies, right? Yeah, it's great. Um, and I, I'm so glad that. Guys. Yeah, and I'm so glad that uh, the two small bits of criteria that I made up for what makes a villain makes it so much fun to write. It only takes two it's kind of open criteria to become a villain. Pretty much. Can I become a villain? Well, depends. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you the article. What You'll the get two, it. Uh, criterion is follow us on WordPress where you yeah. can uh, get that information. Absolutely. Uh, now, before we move into our topic, a, a a the classic live action Marvel movie, if you will, it's pretty darn good. <laughs> and we went to go see the most uh, recent Marvel live action movie. Uh, called The Marvels. 
Uh, of course, yeah. starring uh, Brie Larson, uh, Iman Villan. How do you? How the hell do you pronounce her last name? Villani. Villani. I think it's Villani. Yeah, I put it's on Twitter. That's on our Twitter, people. And Ayona Paris, of course, uh, featuring Samuel L. Jackson as well as uh, Zawe Ashton, uh, directed. Uh, by uh, Naya DaCosta. And uh, what what did you think of this? No, this one had an uphill battle. One, it is the shortest of our all Marvel movies. I think that was an intentional uh, choice to be made. There's been a lot of backlash, though I do not understand it for Captain Marvel herself, Brie Larson, Carol Danvers. Uh, personally, I think that she does a, a great job. Um, and so I think that this movie with her at the lead, there's a lot of uh, uh, people that we do not want to support who are against this movie. Uh, so so tell me your thoughts about it. Uh, you are muted right now. My bad. Overall, <laughs> I did call you that night and I didn't yeah. give you spoilers, but I said I left the theater happy. Sure. That's my main review of it. I, I didn't love it and I didn't hate it. It was, it almost felt like an old form of one of their somewhat lesser movies, but still entertaining. More of the popcorn that I remember. Sure. Before they got serious, right? And it got dramatic. And I really liked that factor of it. The aspects, I thought Brie Larson was fine, but that's in comparison to Kamala Khan, which as a character is just a gem to me. The casting of that character is just straight perfection. She's great in this role. I think the two of them play well off each other. I think they did a great job trying to humanize Captain Marvel. It wasn't perfect, but they, they had clear moments where it was supposed to do that. Um, Monica Rambeau, I think, was a really good gap stop for their relationship and teaching Captain Marvel on how to handle things. Uh, I enjoyed that aspect of it. So overall, I actually really enjoyed what they did. Um, I thought some of the stuff with the cats was a little far. But then again, every Marvel movie feels like they're doing like just one thing too hard. Just a little hard. They went a little too far there. Time-wise, any longer it wouldn't have worked. In my opinion. I would have stayed, it would have stayed a little too long if they had done the normal length that they're used to. Sure. I hear yeah. all of that. Um, except one, I think, big thing. Um, I can't fucking stand Miss Marvel. Fair enough. I can't fucking stand her. <laughs> no. No. Like I didn't like her in the show, but I liked her in this movie. I, I well, and that's what I was really hoping for. Is that yeah. the Miss Marvel TV show just had like shoddy scripts, and that with with an actual movie script, she would be able to do something better. Yeah. Um I instead, 
I really just feel like she's a bad actress. And I well, really don't think that she serves the MCU very well at all. I found really Monica and Miss Marvel in this movie like useless, really having nothing to do until the very end where there's a big moment that happens, but it feels completely undeserved. And they want it to be like this big emotional moment. And it just isn't there. Like it, it just is not there at all. You pinpointed the faults per- perfectly. You did a great job there. It, yeah. It's it, You're totally right. Like the, what they try to build up to is never earned. And speaking of villains, I don't get it. <laughs> I They never see, explain one like, time why it matters so much to this person. They give see, you like, the basis. This is like what's so weird about this movie to me. I feel like that there could be a version of this movie that takes out both Monica and Miss Marvel and focuses on the rivalry between Dar Ben yeah. and, and Captain Marvel. And it would be in, incredible. Like that's the movie that I wanted to see. Like if you started off this movie with that flashback of Dar Ben, like being present in the destruction wake of Captain Marvel, and then like focus the movie around that instead of this like weird, like buddy cop kind of film that we got. Am I allowed uh, to use the D word? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Diversification. No, I don't think that it's diversification. Young people, people of color. It, it just, I really don't it think felt that forced. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, for, I will say right now, doing that stuff is not a problem and, and no. is not an issue in movies, but whenever it's so clearly to crank up some box office numbers like it is in this movie, that's yeah. whenever it becomes an issue. Um, if you take them out, then you can really have enough time and it's, and it's even in its short runtime to expand on everything that I thought was really interesting about the movie. Uh, I really thought that the musical planet was dope. And it was awesome. Spent, it was the best part. Another <laughs> 10 or 15 minutes there. But since yeah. we have to machine gun through this plot, we really don't get that. Was that your favorite joke in the whole movie? Because it was mine. It's up there. I mean, the bilingual. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, was really awesome. funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And and you know I have a I have a friend that was really upset about what they did with the Nick Fury character. Uh, I don't know why he was there. Well, I don't know why he's there either. But like Nick Fury is the kind of character that I think morphs to whatever script you need him to be to have. So well, like, yeah, because he's the center point. You can put right, him anywhere. So it really doesn't bother me. Like, yeah, to me it's like it's like code switching, right? Like this thing that people do that they use different forms of dialects around different groups of friends that a lot of people are like oh they're fake but in reality that's how you like connect to different groups of people yeah right like that's, that's what, what it, it was. yeah you have to yeah and so yeah i mean i i feel like you're a little bit higher on this movie than i am yeah um with that said well, I, had really, I had a really i good loved one of the characters and you didn't yeah right i think you it sounds like you enjoyed brie larson in it but it wasn't like how I feel about Kamala Khan. Yeah. Um, uh, and right now too, just to make a secondary comment on it, watching Brie Larson and that, I, we just watched the third episode of lessons in chemistry on Apple. Yeah. Dude, 
she is like Oscar Brie Larson again in that episode. She's so good. And I just want to see that. I will <laughs> want to see it. And I will say that like one of the oddest moments in this movie was whenever they were uh, like training with each other with the power switching things. Yeah. And I was, this is one of the few times that I really feel like I've watched people like actually learn about their powers in a movie. And I did appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Like I actually really enjoyed this, like, you know, four minute montage of, of them just like fucking around and having a good time. And yeah, I thought it was really, really good. And I would also say that the action sequences in this movie are insane. I love, I, that's, I think why I like Kamala Khan so much in this movie. I love all the acrobatic stuff they had her do. Yeah. All the time. It was great. Once again, dude, I fucking hate this. I've said this before. With these characters that can make anything with their mind, all they ever think about making is a giant fist. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Like, you have Green Lantern on the other side, right? Yeah. Like, do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Maybe yeah. you just need a pencil. Just make a pencil. It's fine. Marvels, I would say uh, I would say it's a very weak uh, recommend from me. A very yeah. weak recommend for me. Oh, this is totally a Disney Plus thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's a Disney Plus watch. I just happened to have cheaper tickets, so I was like, Steve wants to go. We're going. <laughs> so no, not as not as cheap as my tickets. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but today's topic. Yeah, uh, which is exciting because over the course of this uh, actor strike that was going on, there was a lot of information going out about this new Blade movie. That is the cast is awesome. In development uh, should be slated still for twenty twenty five. Hopefully, really excited about it. Right, like oh yeah. Mahershala Mur- Ali is one of the great living actors right now. Having him portray Blade is just going to be Dude. <laughs> so many ways. But before yeah. we can even move into that conversation, I think anybody who's worth their salt in anything should be forced to sit down and watch Blade from 1998. Yes. Uh, and I brought it up because of all those rumors, right? Yes. I was like, all right, maybe I'm missing something. Like so many people are excited for this new Blade movie, and I just don't fully understand why. Sure. Um, it's the first time watch for you. Yeah. Boy, was I glad I suggested it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. I felt like I was in. I, te- I mean, I texted you before I even watched it. And it stays true to now. It is like classic 90s action cinema. It's just oh. perfect. <laughs> this is like the 90s of action. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, right. Even the dialogue feels like it's from the 90s, right? But right off the bat, <laughs> one of the first things he says is an all-time quote, right? I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm assuming it's the first thing I wrote down. Because <laughs> I'd saved it. <laughs> I was like, that was badass. <laughs> With that said, yeah. this is a movie that that is that at at this at its same time feels very of its time. And I personally think 
ahead of its time. Yeah. No. Um I on my honest truth after watching it is I felt like I was it felt like the first time I watched The Matrix. Which the is, action scenes were so visceral. Came out before The Matrix. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> but I actually was like, wait, did Matrix like watch this and pick up some things? Some of the way some of the ways the action scenes were happening reminded me of those moments. Yeah. Less sci-fi, but which you is know, similar. Because um, you know, the the uh Wolchewski's uh while doing the Matrix really wanted to harken back to uh, kung fu movies, right? That's why there's such a big martial arts component to that. Wesley Snipes himself is a big fan. Of those, you know, 60s and 70s Hong Kong Chinese action flicks, which is mm -hmm. something he, as a producer of this movie, really wanted to bring into it and, and have some visceral fight scenes that really weren't popular in America at the time. No, and that makes sense. Oh, the Matrix gets the credit to introducing those kind of action scenes to American cinema. Here we have a movie that came out over a year before that. Yeah, no, it, for sure. And is doing it, I think, to to a similar degree. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I, I think just the difference is the cinematography in The Matrix was just slightly better. Right. Well, it, they had some uniqueness to what they were doing. I don't think it's the but. cinematography because I think both movies like look like they could have been made within the last 10 years. And that's like really yeah. the art of cinematography for me, at least. But True. I think what it really is, is the matrix is so much more judicious and smart with their use of CGI. That could be the case. Yeah, you're right. Of, of computer imagery, because that's where this movie falls flat. Yeah. I for really, sure. really wish with all my heart, that they didn't do any of that in this movie. Because if they didn't do any of that in this movie, I feel like we'd have like a legitimate all-timer cult classic. Um, yeah. And this is still, a, you know, this movie has a cult following. It, it, this is definitely a cult classic, but not to the degree that I think it could be without the CG in it. I think you could, if they do it right, you could see the new one pull it off. Yeah. But they need to keep, in my opinion, a similar philosophy. And like we always say, use CGI where you need it. Yeah, don't don't make something entirely focused on it. Use it to enhance your scene, not not to focus your scene. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, totally, totally agree on that. So we are obviously talking Blade, directed by Stephen Norrington, written by David S. Goyer, who is quite the man. He is not somebody who doesn't have a, a Wikipedia page. This, for all intents and purposes, is like one of the boys of superhero movies. Not only... Uh, did he write this movie here, Blade? Uh, he would go on to write the second movie and write and direct the third movie, uh, Blade Trinity. But he's also a, a writer or a storyline developer on the entire Dark Knight trilogy by Christopher Nolan. How about it? 
Yeah. So he's this pretty is good at what he does. On from <laughs> this into into really big spheres of of the entertainment industry. Uh, it would come out on August 21st, 1998, when your WWE champion was Stone Cold Steve Austin, costing a whopping $45 million budget. Uh, in modern days, that'd be about $82 million, And then raking in $131 million, which would be just under $240 million today. Uh, this was quite a success. Uh, oh, yeah. No real surprise that they would... Uh, make a second and a third one and and to be honest this is the one that has the lowest box office return so they only made more money from here on out how about it yeah uh yeah before we go on with our coverage of the movie vanilla bear Mm -hmm. hit me with them head over to the land of tomatoes oh yeah where there are an abundance <laughs> of rotten reviews from top critics just waiting to be plucked by us. Wonderful. And of course we do this so that way we can see if these top critics can make us think less of these movies than we already do. We will start off with Michael Wilmington of the Chicago Tribune, who wrote this review on July 15th, 2015, with a score of 1.5 out of four stars. Okay, all right. Blade is often ridiculous, mostly poorly written, and surprisingly poorly acted, too. What do you think of Michael Wilmington here? I, I don't think he knows what kind of movie he was watching. He's also kind of wrong, but also kind of right. I don't know. It, it, <laughs> it's, that's a hard one. Because I don't think that this movie calls for Oscar-worthy acting. Sure. But I think there were moments that were done very well. Yeah. So I, I get it. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, then... Dennis Harvey of Variety Magazine on April 18th, 2007, wrote, Though slick and diverting in some aspects, increasingly silly pick has trouble meshing desperate elements, horror, fantasy, superhero, straight up action into a whole workable piece. Did he use some kind of word like silly in the first one, too? Uh. I may have, yeah. Over <laughs> over the top, something like that. No, no, no silly, no poorly. Poorly, okay. First one. Yeah, this one silly, is silly. I don't I don't agree with silly. I think this was a serious movie from the beginning. Sure. I don't think this doesn't have the the classic Marvel comedy formula. It has jokes in there. What? This is way before that. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like this has this is much darker, but it uses comedy to break it up. Right? It's not it's not like built into that formula of like good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. The comedy movie in this movie is a lot more akin to like your James Bond one-liners. Right. And that's you know a couple of those, you know, I 
kind of put aside because I thought they were great. <laughs> so, yeah. And finally, Dave Care of the New York Daily News, who wrote this review on July 15th, 2015, uh, with a score of one out of four stars. 17 years later, I'm interested. <laughs> Uh, has the comic book movie reached the end of the line? The glumly familiar, been there, done that aspect of Blade certainly suggests so. He's writing this 17 years later. Yeah. What's he talking about? That's <laughs> <laughs> what? what I was I wondering. Know. I was like, has it reached the end of the line in its first outing? <laughs> Okay. If you want, I mean, by this point, we were what halfway through? No, we were near the end of here, like the last third of the Marvel phases, right? Yeah. To end game. Uh, what would it be? Ultron would be maybe the year. Yeah. Something. Okay. Yeah. Like here, there's been way too many Marvel movies or Disney like comic hero movies to take to have a take that starts that way. That's weird. (laughs) <laughs> Weird. Not okay. Dave Care thinks that they're done for. I guess to them it was a new movie. That's cool. <laughs> to you, it's a new movie as well, which is why. Right, I'm but I can read. Very excited <laughs> uh, to to talk to you about this one. Uh, any thoughts to say before we get into it, or shall we just go? No, let's just go. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Blade is a wild, wild picture. Opens up uh, on a on a very fun rave that is going on. And boy, oh boy, there is nothing quite like a 90s rave. And I want to say something about it. I know this was back then, but I love that action movies today still have required rave scenes yeah i love it i think it's great i think it should stay forever (laughs) well it's so funny to me because in many ways to me like in movie language being at a rave to me signifies that you don't have to feel bad for people getting killed here right and yeah i think that's the point (laughs) right and then it also gives them noise cover for all the loud things that are going to happen yeah it's like okay, yeah. get out of here so at first <laughs> like okay these people are at a rave they probably deserve it they're probably homogenous and hedonists that you know would do anything to get high and then the, yeah. the the light switch flips and it starts raining blood and then you find out that the two figures that we've been following through the rave are victims not perpetrators yeah. right like yeah. yeah everybody's covered in blood and vamping to them now oh it's amazing yeah they're all bad 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 it is a blood orgy at the bloody rave at the moment right oh yeah it's wonderful uh, these vampires love like toying with their victims you see it right here in this first opening uh, because they don't kill this dude right away. They let him be freaked out a little bit. Yeah. So, no, they definitely, they just kind of stare him down. <laughs> yeah, so much so that he like starts tripping over his own feet. He's crawling on the floor. Just gets so much blood. Oh my God. Could you imagine how many people, <laughs> how many liters of blood? It's so good. 
<laughs> this moment right here just freaking these guys out. Yeah, you know I loved it. You know yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And then he's crawling on the floor and he crawls to some black boots. Oh, so good. The moment you see him, the drip. <laughs> <laughs> right? Drip. Yeah. Fucking drip, dude. Dude, this is like, this is a classic moment of like, that's a man. <laughs> yeah. He's about to F you up. Like, this is an action movie and our hero has arrived. Yeah. Yeah. He's here. Everyone back off. And they do that badass thing where, you know, the dude's crawling towards him and he's standing there in a sick ass pose and the dude's crawling towards him. But none of the vampires are like they are scared shitless to the point that a couple like run out of the bathroom because they're just so terrified of being even behind him. So I saved his question for this part of the movie right at the beginning for you all week. Sorry, had a cough. Uh, you walk into a room. Yeah. You look at both ends. You've got OG Terminator and you've got him on the other end. How does that play out? Because <laughs> I started questioning. <laughs> he was terrifying to me. <laughs> That's a great question. I'm wondering how... You'd have to assume that Blade is faster, but you'd also have to assume then that right. Terminator is quicker. But Blade can also get tired. Stronger, I think. So strong. <laughs> yeah. So so here's the problem with speed versus strength uh death battles, right? Yeah. Is the speed guy, Blade, think of how much damage he has to do to the Terminator before the Terminator yeah. goes down, right? Where potentially True. Terminator, once he realizes the threat, only has to land one good hit. Right. Fair so enough. Can yeah. he nail that one good hit before Blade takes him down? And can Blade last? I'm going Terminator. You got to go Terminator yeah. personally. I think I still would too, but it at least made me think about it. <laughs> question, Vanilla Mirror. It's a good yeah. question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and this dude Blade is just like the Batman right now <laughs> he's just yeah. so awesome uh, a few things about the production of Blade that I think are really interesting that I think are they're just perfect to talk about right now uh, one could you believe that Blade was this close from being LL Cool J oh god <laughs> He was so close. Oh, oh God. Yep. Then, then the bad acting line would have made sense in the review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but with Wesley Snipes coming on, because Wesley Snipes had been trying to do a Black Panther movie for a long time before this. He's a real big nerd. Really okay. loved comic book and action, uh, old action films and such. Um, the one thing that Blade, that, that he really wanted to bring to Blade was the darkness to it and same thing with david s goyer the writer of this movie he actually went when they started this they were they wanted it to be like a big like a child's franchise with toys and costumes but david s goyer, goyer went into the pitch meeting and was kind of like hey uh 
this went really badly for Batman the last two movies. Yeah, and really bright <laughs> and really toy centric and really childish, and both movies flopped really badly. So if we want to maintain some sort of success in this, we got to go back to to Batman eighty nine. We got to make this dark. We got to make this yeah. visceral and guttural. I. To be completely honest, even a show or a movie like What We Do in the Shadows, right? It needs a dark vampire. Vampires are dark by nature. Yeah. You need that. You can't just have a happy-go-lucky clan of vampires running around in the movie. There's no stakes there. Tell that to Stephanie whatever her name is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't work for me. Um <laughs> Because even in the, you know, the dumb what we do in the Shadows movie that we love so dearly, they yeah. have the beast, right? And there's this overlooming darkness about the beast, sure. um, which does end up being funny. But, you know, it all works. Right. But those movies are still violent. Like, yeah, you like it sounds so preposterous to me to have something like a that is so like twilight's different because it's not branded as a vampire action movie right if you're having no, a vampire yeah. action movie those vampires need to be fucking violent yeah they need to be there's no two ways about yeah. it. tearing skin off blood flying it's got to be happening something like what we do in the shadows sure it's not an action movie but it's not a fucking romance either like it's violent no. like, Sure, the com the the violence is an aspect of the comedy, and it's one of the funniest movies. But yeah. there are moments in that movie that will make you drop your draw because you do not expect it to be so violent. Yeah, no, it it, it yeah, it maintains what you expect. Uh, but the difference is with this one, right? This is full on action. Yeah, big. Time. I don't know if you yeah. don't do that, it just doesn't work. And and. <laughs> And what an introduction to the character Blade for all audiences everywhere as Wesley yep. Snipes just comes in and wrecks the fucking house. It's so awesome. I freaking love it. <laughs> so many of them. Yeah. And this is the first part where we're going to start to see some really questionable computer imagery that is being used in this movie really poorly. Uh, really ages this movie this is one of those movies that i legitimately wish had like some sort of like remaster work to it to great fix up all of this shit because it looks terrible and i'm not one of those people that like think that that would let cg get in the way of my enjoyment of a movie um but i know there are people who are and watching this in 2023 i think a lot of people might not want to go on with it because of how poorly it is. Thankfully, it's in such a small fraction of the movie at the beginning that I don't think it matters very much. Yeah, and I, I do, I have a hunch that you're going to see something like that in the next year or two. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do. I, th I think to remind people when the new one comes out, you know, what this series was. Because it the rumor is they're going to keep it R-rated, and I think for Disney fans, they need a reminder of what that is sometimes. Yeah, I expect explosions. <laughs> I expect yeah. 
blood explosions. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's just like laying waste to everybody. It's awesome. Goes down uh, one on one uh, with with uh, Donald Logue, uh, who's known as Quinn in this. movie. I would just be referring to him as Donald Logue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nails him to the yeah. wall, sets him on fire. And then the police come in. Uh, fun fact, this movie. <laughs> Was going to have a, a, a very early cameo of uh, Stan Lee right here. Oh, how about it? Yeah, but uh, the the scene was cut. Uh, the police arrive, just barely able to take Donald Logue off the wall and and take him to the hospital, uh, where he revives because he is not human. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really like the effects on his body. No, oh, yeah, well, it's makeup. It's practical makeup. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Really, really good. It was solid. <laughs> yeah, some some really good stuff right here. Uh, he goes on a little fucking attack in this hospital. Blade's right there, though. They get into a fight. He cuts off some of uh, some of the dude's fingers. However, after after Donald bites our our female protagonist. Uh, Karen Jensen in the neck, he dips. And instead of going after him, uh, Blade takes her to his main man, uh, this character named Abraham Whistler, uh, who's kind of like his his Q, his Alfred all wrapped into one. Uh, this dude, yeah. Abraham Whistler, is the fucking man. Yeah, he's good. He's a good time. I really enjoy him. And I... um. I guess I don't see Chris Christopherson too much in stuff anymore. He just doesn't show up in the things that I watch if he is in a lot of stuff. I don't know. A lot like what's his name, doesn't he? I I know who you're talking about. And yes, I thought it was someone else at first. <laughs> and I looked it up. I was like, wait, not just, him. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> we can't think of right now, but he was the, the guy in the thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. What you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. looks just so and, and dude. So I understand that the cops don't under don't know that Blade is a good guy. So to their point of view, Blade shows up. He fights this other vampire and kidnaps this this doctor, right? This doctor Karen. They don't know uh -huh. that he's going to save her, but to save her, he takes her. He throws her onto a building, like like two buildings down from a roof. <laughs> It was ridiculous. Jumps to the <laughs> roof, and then the cops start firing on them. <laughs> they crazy. are firing at a victim right now. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, what horrible cops are these? <laughs> what if, what if they shoot her? Wouldn't have mattered because <laughs> but still, <laughs> <laughs> they would just be in court for the rest of the movie." <laughs> uh, so yeah blade is able to chaperone karen straight to uh abraham whistler uh i love him in the scene he's very funny uh i love how matter of fact he is about vampires like the moment he opens his mouth he's just like vampires are real get over it <laughs> well it's also really cool because he clearly knows what he's talking about. Like he has set rules and things he knows. And you, you can tell right up front that this isn't the first time he's dealt with someone who's been bit. 
Yeah, yeah. Immediately uh, you're like, oh, this dude has been at it for a long time. Uh, yeah. He explains to you his background right away, which is nice. I don't think that that was really needed or necessary. I would have actually kind of preferred <laughs> them not. There's a few story beats in this movie that I'm like, what the fuck? Why? Um, but also yeah. I think that this is a time frame whenever like we haven't really figured out how to write a comic book movie. Yeah, it's the, I, it feels like they're writing it like a normal movie and then trying to fit the comic book into it. Yeah, which is really interesting. and re- Which I didn't hate. I don't mind it. Um, It's clunky. It's, it's still clunky, clunky yeah. At, at, but it's, it's better it's, than some of the things we've seen. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't hurt that our boy Chris Christofferson is just so good in this movie. He's awesome. You know, yeah. he really sells every word. And even though the script itself feels a little bit jaded, he makes every word of it sound reliable. So no, no argument really there. But when she wakes, oh, did we did we did we miss over the line? Go he on. says the line in the first scene, right? Oh, right. We did. He says it to him when he's on the wall. <laughs> no, no, no. OK, you say your line. I'll say my line then. Okay. All right. Uh, I got you. Tell them it's open season on suckheads. <laughs> it's just amazing. And then my line is whenever he's in the hospital and the police are are shooting at him, they hit him twice in the chest, and he just looks at the cops and says, "Are you out of your motherfucking damn mind?" <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> Yeah, it feels very, like I said, it feels very 80s action movie one-liner-esque, right? Yeah, yeah. Open Seasons on Suckheads is so the good. The best. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So they go to uh, this, this area where there's just like so many uh, vampires, right? We switch scenes now. We are over with the bad guys. Uh, we have this like vampire council, this whole area of it's all pure bloods, except this one dude, Deacon Frost, uh, who is Blade's arch nemesis in the comics. He has been turned into a vampire. He was a human, but he's been a vampire now for quite some time. He has worked his way up the ladder to the council of pure blood vampires, and they hate his guts for it. Uh, one of them is named Dragonetti, which is a very good bad guy name. Yes. And this dude is always the bad guy. And I always love him as the bad guy. (laughs) Yeah. He is a very poor bad guy in this movie because, because Deacon Frost gets up and he gets like right in his face and he says something like, your time is coming, old man, watch your back. And then he just walks out of the room and it's like, you're not going to stop him. You're not going to yeah. kill that guy who just blatantly threatened you in front of your 12 friends. I think that the council is the most, like the, the least effective aspect of this movie. Yeah. At no point did they put up a fight. No, they're pathetic. They're, yeah. They're just like, Oh, you need us for this. Okay. <laughs> they're completely <laughs> useless. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Uh, back. At Whistler's, uh, Karen has woken up from her little nap. Uh, they're like, listen, you survived, but there's still a chance that you could be turned into a vampire. There's no cure for it. 
And then I had this like really funny thought because Whistler tells her, buy yourself, if you want my advice, buy yourself a gun. Uh, yeah. He says this in case, you know, if you start to feel weird in sunlight, you might just want to kill yourself instead of becoming a vampire. But I took it <laughs> as like, get yourself a gun. Vampires fucking hate guns. It won't kill them. They just hate guns. <laughs> no, I, I I heard it. I think the way I was supposed to. <laughs> yeah, I heard it the right way. <laughs> um, Blade tells her, "Hey, you're gonna be uh, hounded now by vampires. They hate it whenever people don't turn." And he's so got the stink, gonna- baby. Yeah, they're probably just going to come and kill you now, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so she heads home where once she's inside her little apartment, uh, she gets attacked by a police officer. And this yeah. officer reveals that he is not a vampire. He is a familiar, um, a human who wants to be a vampire, so will do their vampire lord's bidding. Blade just comes in and beats the shit out of this dude. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the this is I, I immediately fell in love with Karen in this movie because the whole time she just like, like did you have to destroy my apartment? It's like, did you have to make a mess? Did you have to do this here? Yeah, did you have to do that? She goes from she goes from like from like being pissed that he used her as bait to being pissed that they destroyed her coffee table. Like, <laughs> yeah, and like every time he picks him up he throws him to another part of the room he never throws him to the same part I'm like yeah. why are you destroying the whole apartment there's just like a one area a glass shelf that he just fucking destroys right i love it oh my god so good yeah um, there are sick back neck tattoos that tell you who owns whom and that's how they use them to uh, uh find out who belongs to whom Right. So they know that the tattoo on the back of this officer's neck is from Frost. So they're just going to wait around until he comes back to pick up the blood that he has in his police car. Uh, there's the sickest of time lapses that happen right here. I don't right? remember that. I don't remember it now. So they go into Blade's car. First of all, this girl, Karen's like, I'm coming. Right. With you. I'm coming. Yeah. with." And Blade's like, uh, no, you're not. You are the most useless person on the planet. And I put before. Yeah. <laughs> what is this woman doing in this movie? Well, the, so that's the weird thing, right? Because I feel like by the time the movie ends, she's super useful. And Dude, they do this a great job just, growing her character. This movie does this twice to me. There's two moments when I'm like, God, I hate that they did this. And then by the end of it, I'm like, you know what? Not a bad idea. Yeah. Like it works. <laughs> we'll get into the second time. Um, oh, yeah. At this point in the movie, I'm like, why is she even here? Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> this, the cop comes back. And they follow his cop car to where he's dropping the blood off. And what has to be the funniest edited car chase of all time? It's it's wild. Like, this is (laughs) Saw 1 levels of, like, car chase hilarity to me. Not my favorite car chase. It was fine. (laughs) (laughs) It 
got where we needed to go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, they go in. They are now in, in Frost's little fucking area. Uh, Frost has now been also informed by his police officer buddy that Blade is looking on him, that it is open season on suckheads, in fact. Uh, so Frost tells his buddy, uh, uh, Donald Logue, hey, we need to go get Blade and we need him to come in alive, not hurt, not damaged. Don't even think about it. Don't even worry about it. Right. And Blade yeah. on his end is like running roughshod, just kicking everybody's ass up and down this fucking building. <laughs> it's so oh, yeah. <laughs> Easy. Easy you know, peasy, not, baby. It's so <laughs> funny to me because I always like throughout this movie, there's a few times when I'm like, shouldn't more people be trying to stop Blade? But then I, I like put myself in the vampire's position, right? And I was like, no, nah, I wouldn't do anything either. Yeah. <laughs> I would just let him go. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so I think it it's weird because <sighs> similar to the way that they set like a John Wick up, right? Where everybody knows he's the Baba Yaga, and if you touch him, he's gonna kill you. That's that's how this goes, right? They set that up, but they don't follow through with it in some cases, and it's really weird. Like I I did expect some people to run away, yeah, and be like, oh no, this is actually Blade. I'm out of here. <laughs> like, I thought I didn't think that was actually going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, but you're right. It is like the kind of the, the John Wick thing, because I always expect that to happen in John Wick and nobody ever does it because everybody wants to be the one person to take out John Wick. Right. Yeah. And you have to remember that as a viewer, right? Like there's a lot of money on the line. Of course, yeah. they're going to try with this. There's like really no reason to stop Blade until you figure out what Frost's plan really is. Right. Right, and it makes me wonder, like, is that something... I'm I'm assuming, based on the reference they make to the vampire Bible here, yeah, right, uh, that this is like a, a go-on-faith situation. Sure. Right? They don't know the details, but they know that he he talks to whatever god this is. Well, the thing and is... he knows. Is that it's known that he's a daywalker, and they know that that yeah. makes him special in some way. Yeah. Right. Uh so now that we're we're at this spot, we we have Blade just like fucking everybody up, eventually making his way down to the basement, uh, where he comes face to face with fucking Brendan Fraser from the whale. I swear to God. Like <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, what wait, so wait, hold on. I gotta go back a second. <laughs> I believe in that scene. Quinn loses the other arm, correct? Yeah. Right after he had gotten his other one replaced. <laughs> we get Pearl first. We get the computer first. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. You are like, you always do that. You're always. I do. Like, you always say like the thing that I'm building to. That's my bad. Do it. I'm just so, it's my favorite joke throughout the movie. I can't help it. <laughs> 
uh, thanks to Pearl, we find out, uh, uh, we get this little disk drive, which will tell us Deacon's plan later on. But while he's doing this, they actually get cornered uh, by Donald Logue and a bunch of other vampires. Uh, yeah, this is where, do you want to say it? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, 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 for some reason, I forgot there was like that gap in time before they showed up. It felt like he all of them see me. fat vampire, dude. Oh, yeah. That was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> put that before Donald Logue. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it all happened so fast. This movie it did. <laughs> this movie is two hours and it moves at a fucking clip. It feels like it 80. really does. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, Blade seems completely out of his elements. He is held hostage by a couple of ninja vampires, and they all seem like they're going to take him to Deacon Frost until we find out that, what's this? Blade's had a listening device in his ear the whole time. <laughs> Those sneaky buggers. Sneaky, sneaky daywalkers. <laughs> right? Yep, yeah, and trust them. Kaboom! Here comes Chris Christopherson. Motherfucking Abraham was the awesome. save the day. Starts mowing down everybody and just blows a wall up. <laughs> Hell, there's just a. Was there just already a hole in the wall? <laughs> I don't think so, but <laughs> I didn't care. It was awesome. <laughs> and then it goes into a tunnel that connects to a subway. This movie is like top level for the question, is it fun? Oh, <laughs> right? Like yeah. they're like, okay, this is a little over the top, but is it fun? Yeah. Yes, we keep it. Go. It doesn't make sense, but is it fun? <laughs> right? <Yes. laughs> and it is fun because I'm having yeah. a really good time with this. Right? <laughs> You know, uh, they make their way to this uh, uh, train station, uh, this the subway station where they get into a few fights. Uh, Donald Logue, this is where he loses his other hand because he can't stop doing that. Uh, very funny because he's constantly bragging about his new hand and then yeah. the other one gets cut off. So good. It's very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Blade actually gets like beat up quite a bit during uh, this exchange. Uh, and, and goes on to uh, a train after fighting off the rest of the vampires where he takes some sort of like fake blood cure that yep. he, he sticks into his shoulder and this is where it clicks to Karen oh you, you know he's a vampire too though he says that he's something completely different which she should know over this, Karen's a bit of a dumbass because she was already told that they can't survive in sunlight and she's been out in sunlight with Blade. So she needs to be yeah. a little bit more observant. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't perfect. <laughs> you know, right. I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I still enjoy the dynamic they have together in these scenes. Yeah, for sure. Um, We cut back to... Deacon Frost, who now has a, a Dragonetti captured, and he just goes on this little spiel about how the new blood is going to take over, how the old blood is going to die, 
and that it's going to be super painful, like watching a sunset. Right. And <laughs> yeah. this was just like very good bad guying from Deacon Frost. He's really mm. at, at first in this movie. He kind of seems like a like underlying problem. Uh, it, it, at least to me, at the beginning of this movie, it seems like he's going to kind of backfoot his way into success and do it through like conniving and brute force. His right. actual way of doing it is not that bad. Like it's actually really smart. And I really start to appreciate him as a villain more as this movie goes on. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, the only aspects we'll get to near the end is when he starts to drop off for me, but that's, but I'm with you like up to this point, they've really grown him as a villain in a really smart way. Yeah. To where, you start to feel that he would do anything to win. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, the, there is that. Are we talking about the sunset part already? Or how do you want to do that? Sunrise. Sunrise. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah go for it. Uh, <clears throat> that is the only part of the lore that I disagree with in this movie. That a vampire can just throw sunblock on and go. Not buying it, but you know, whatever. That's my vampire bias because I thought they had like full suits on. No, well, he at one point doesn't. Oh, I must have missed that. Yeah, okay. Well, not in that scene, but later. That's what makes it not work for me. Interesting. Yeah, I must have missed that. He said that he had sunblock on. The first, yeah, when they're all out there together, they all put sunblock on, but they also have like the heavy outfits on okay yeah i only caught the heavy yeah. out well you know what maybe you can do the sunblock like if it's light uv rays because like the one because maybe the dragon like starts burning immediately like as soon as the smallest crest of the sun yeah. is over the horizon he starts burning and it isn't until like the sun is actually rising that they put on their full suits so maybe if it's like true that twilight era they they can just put on some block but yeah i, I didn't notice but yeah, it could um, be true something to look out for if we ever do the the second and third one maybe yeah, yeah. good catch oh we get back to uh, uh whistler who now gives karen uh the full story behind blade that blade was that Blade's mother was bitten whenever he was uh, uh, still in the womb that she gave birth to him and then they killed her, which is why uh, he is immune to vampires and has all this like super strength and super speed. Uh, this is what the movie actually began on a flashback of this before the rave scene. Yeah. Um, because of this blade has, has like never seen his mother though. Like, does he have like, perfect photographic memory who blade yeah i didn't get that vibe but right. i don't know but how would he have photographic memory like his mother died as he was a child so right. like but he immediately recognizes her <laughs> yeah th listen it's fine it's fine <laughs> is it fine <laughs> it's fine everything's fine <laughs> 
Uh, Blade goes out to to do a little bit of patrolling, uh, but and he gets into this like really funny fight to me, where it's like in the middle of of like the street and nobody cares. Every New York is so desensitized to this shit. It felt like it was almost like the beginning parts of Bo is Afraid when it's just absolute chaos on the it's streets. It's absolute <laughs> chaos and nobody cares. Naked murder. Like, it's fine. Everything's fine. Look the other way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, they attack. While he's out there, Deacon Frost comes back and attacks the little hideout, uh, biting Wittler mm. in the neck so that way he may become a vampire and abducts uh, Karen. Yep. Blade is Poor gal. super, super pissed off at this right now. Uh, he leaves. Uh, uh, he At first, Whistler wants Blade to kill him, but Blade can't. So he hands Whistler the gun as Blade walks away. Whistler, you hear a gunshot, but we've all seen if there's a sequel, he's 100 percent in it. Yeah, I'm sure. Sequel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure he is. Yeah. I have no doubts. <laughs> Sequel and Chris Christopherson's 100% in it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah. It's the old, if you don't see it, it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Karen, while she's on his you know helping out he, she does reveal to uh Whistler that she did come up with some sort of antidote it won't work for blade but you can shoot it into a fully turned vampire and it will like explode them well she also had come up with a cure right and it only works on her because she was turned into one but yeah. be- because blade's dna is infused with the vampire dna the cure won't work, which I did enjoy that. That was a nice touch. Very good. Yeah. Right. Very good. Really enjoyed. Because, yeah, I mean, and, and even so, like, I mean, what what's the option then? Like, I don't think Blade would take it if it did cure him. Like, no. he understands that the only way that he stands a chance against these monsters is if he's himself. Yeah. Right. And they're just going to keep coming for him anyway. So yeah, what's the point? So really, there, There's no... A point in, in him taking that. Yeah. Uh, Blade invades Frost's hideout where, oh my god, Mama Blade is there and she's hot! <laughs> she is. Uh, I didn't mention this earlier, but Deacon, for me, is like one of the coolest dudes ever. His, his coffin is literally a bed. Oh yeah. I love the sci-fi things that they put into this movie to just give it that like bit of this is a blade movie, peeps. Yeah, this is cool. But she's always hiding in there. She's like doesn't she's not allowed to talk to people. Yeah. Like it's really I odd. Put the lid on her bed. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know and it's like it's even a little weirder when you consider when you might think that like I was thinking like okay like or is she just doing this for him this one time <laughs> is she just yeah. like a plot device in here uh I was definitely in the middle on the the mom twist I don't I don't know how I felt about it 
I don't know if he needed it, but it was an it was a touch they added. I I don't know. Yeah, uh, I have super conflicting <laughs> opinions on this. Yeah, it's weird. I don't think it works ninety nine point zero five nine five percent of the time. Yeah, there is a moment that makes up for that point zero five at the end of the movie that. This is the second part. Remember I said earlier that yeah. Karen, I'm like, most of the time, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? You're the most useless character I've ever seen in a movie. But then she becomes important later on. I feel that exact same way about Blade's mom being in this movie because I really do feel like he goes through a breakthrough with his character that couldn't be here unless if she is here. My headcanon yeah. for this right now is that this isn't his mom. That's kind of what my vibe was. Yeah. Right? It doesn't feel right. Everything feels manufactured. Yeah. And that, that's the way Deacon plays, right? Because this is where yeah. this section of the movie is where Deacon loses me because he stops being the aggressor and trusts other people to do work for him. Sure. And like I'm not a fan of that when you've built him up to become more involved throughout the movie. Yeah, he's killed a, quite a few people. He's done quite a few things himself. He's he took clearly, his own vampire's fangs out. Yeah, he's clearly That's capable. disgraced. And have, yeah, right. Like, you've disgraced the own, like, your own of your clan like the, by like taking their fangs. Show of your order. Yeah. You forcefully took over this bitch. Yeah. And you were going to leave Blade to other people? Come on, dude. Yeah, and like... Have you met him? So, like you got a woman that looks like his mom yeah and and I, I kind of agree with you i wonder like why would she abandon him then and if and if he remembers what she looks like that means that he that she didn't abandon him at birth like he thinks that she like they think that happened right that means that they had some time together that she consciously yeah decided to get rid of this child on top of that you don't think that deacon frost could have found a use for blade i think for me this is just a plot point that doesn't add up yeah i mean this right. is the whole mom in general isn't like, me, managed like, well isn't nitpicking this movie this is a blaring no. plot hole in it i don't it's either a plot hole, a plot hole or a plot entanglement that's very confusing. Yeah, no, I don't I think call it an entanglement. Because if like if they're gonna have to go this route, there's questions that need answered that they yeah. don't even bother like trying to 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 answer. Yeah. And they it's, do it's, little they thing. could have had a conversation, right? When he's locked up. Well, th I feel like they try to do that, right? They try to do that yeah. by by having her say you know, that wasn't me. That was your mother. I'm not your mother anymore because he turned me. But like, mm. we've seen from Karen that you don't stop being human whenever you get turned into a vampire. None of the other vampires did either. Right. They were all their own person still. Same people that they were beforehand. Yeah. Like Quinn was still a fuck up through the whole movie. At no yeah. point did he turn on his vampire brain and go, okay, now I can kill everything. Like, right. It's just like, you know, he's just who he is. He's just a vampire. Yeah. Doing it. I, I just so. like, I can't get behind yeah. 
feels so weird. Yeah. And this is this is feelings I have before she starts getting all incesty with him. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But I'm with you. Yeah, it, it, there's the mom is a, the mom is a pain point. Yeah. Sure. Awful. <laughs> Just awful. Awful. <laughs> this is the worst part of this movie. Yeah, it is. Well, I got to be 100% honest and, and right here. Patrick. This mom aspect is the worst part of this movie. Yeah, I hear you. Um, We kind of skipped over the one part that I enjoyed. But yeah, the part it. that I was mentioning with the sunblock related stuff. Oh, yeah. Is when he's got the kid in the park area. Oh, and he's using him as collateral. Okay, awesome. So in my notes, um, I have LMAO, no way. Um, and yeah. I couldn't remember why I put that. <laughs> That's probably why. Yeah, it was it was so like, I'm like, there's no. But then it also genius. So it also kind of didn't make sense to me because they did this. They did this before this where the kid was a vampire who tried to attack blade. Yeah. 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 Why isn't this kid a vampire? I don't know. Oh my I, God. And you're right. This is in daylight. That's my point. This is in full afternoon daylight. Oh my God. You're a hundred percent. Correct. Never. That was my stop point. The stop the presses. People hold up. Huge plot Put hole. Your phones. <laughs> Huge, and like I thought at first he was gonna be gonna be like a, like a vision of himself, like that was yeah. a power he had, but it's not. It's, it's him. Unblock. It's yeah. SPF fifty, Patrick. <laughs> and we all know anything after thirty doesn't work, or fifteen, <laughs> one of the two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Doesn't work. Wow. Okay. That's the only uh, I do uh, I that's why I bring that moment up because that debunks the whole the whole thing. Officially on your side. There we go. Uh, yep. Um dude, oh, then- we also get a callback of Curtis. We didn't talk about what? He picks her up by the head and throws her. And this is yeah. why okay, this whole fight scene is what made me think like, is New York like desensitized to mass violence and like people <laughs> dissolving in thin air? Sure. Do what you want, man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and around the same time that he meets his mother, right, uh, we get an awesome callback to Curtis, who we didn't mention in the beginning because he's really not an important person, but I liked the callback. I had to go go on to Wikipedia and look up who he was. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Because he's uh, a... Does he run the morgue or he's some kind of yeah. nurse or something he's actually uh, according to according to wikipedia he's karen's ex-boyfriend as well i did get that vibe yeah that yeah. i got like a one-nighter i didn't get boyfriend yeah same no but sure that's more that's more of a like you know we went out a couple times probably yeah. slept together twice realized that we weren't right yeah he's probably super desperate for her still right yeah uh but <laughs> But when um when they take her right, they're throwing her down the hole. They're yeah. like, "Oh, we're gonna reunite you with an old friend." However, they say it. I was like, "Old friend." Yeah, and then the- when she gets down there, I was like, "Curtis." <laughs> I oh, had shit. no idea who that was at all. I had to go on. Yeah. The way. Um, yeah. 
Uh, not very good if I can't remember a character from, you know, an hour and a half ago. Um, but this is where we find out, Patrick, that vampires actually have multiple weaknesses that they don't list. So we already know about garlic and sunlight and holy water. Uh, but did you know, Patrick, that vampires are also weak against bones? What? <laughs> did I miss something? Dude, she was wailing on him with bones, and then later on, yeah. with her bone, she gives it to Blade, and Blade starts stabbing vampires with bones, and they start dying. I did not pick up on that. So, I guess the lore that I'm picking up here is that it doesn't need to be a wooden stake. Sure. Yeah, it just has to be anything sharp. Yeah, just as long as it's a sharp thing that can be driven through the vampire's heart, I think. Uh, but while this is going on, Blade is being uh, bled to dry by his super hot mom, who... I mean, this... <laughs> super hot mom. ...for a lot of people <laughs> to watch, right? Oh, this is... Yeah, no, the people... You know, <laughs> anybody that doesn't like needles is, is not your scene ah! right it's just not um it's not dude I'm i not loved just, it <laughs> where his mom's like rubbing up against his chin and like clearly wants to fuck him well she's not his mom anymore that's true free game and, baby according to my theory never was yeah, I think it's a solid theory. That's just a different woman who looks yeah. like his mom. And there's nothing anyone can say that'll make me think different. Well, nothing else in the movie ever like points to that being his mom either. Like he never there's never a sly comment here or there. Yeah. So I, I'm here. I hear I'm here for your your theory. I, I just hate that it's there. Um, but this is the one moment. Where it's like, okay, if we're going to have her here, let's use her for the most effective way that we can. Which is, of course, um, establishing a, a character moment, which they do um, whenever he tells her, you know, I'm, I'm getting rid of you. Which has so many different ways. One, of course, I'm getting rid of you. I'm getting, you know, I'm killing you, stopping your uh, vampire fucking attack on the city but also in a way he's getting rid of the mental image that he has of her and will not use her as his crutch to hunt vampires anymore right you yeah. know um i think he's got plenty of other motivations now it's not worth it people <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it this Just was don't fight blade decision of this movie and we are in the worst part of this movie as well. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, this is one of those movies that I could see people saying that they didn't like it because of the ending. Yes. Uh, particularly. <laughs> yeah. For me, the the aspect of like the the antidote that she makes up. Right. Yeah. Or the not the anti cure, I guess. So whenever they, yeah, go on. I got something to say, which uh, I thought was hilarious. Yeah, 
that that aspect of it i really like because it makes her character valid between yeah. the fight with curtis and they to help him win yeah they have officially switched for yeah. me uh karen right she started right. off as the most useless character ever she is now essential to this plot she yeah. is now the reason that we've heard that if frost can can get this ritual done by killing the other uh pure-blooded vampires if he can do that then he's going to become super powerful and the only way to stop it is by karen's antidote yeah um and it's it's just a theory she has but they you know of course they prove it with some other ones whatever Um, they do a good job of that they really do show you that it works but you do question if he's a god right if it would still work yeah i did uh now here's my biggest complaint about this movie all of those other little things that add up, whatever. It's a fun 90s action flick with vampires. I'm not going to complain, right? Sure it's is. fine. It's all great. I had a great time watching it. The ending was so anticlimactic. He Frost doesn't stand a chance so, at all. So two things. Zero. So- two things one whenever they get there and like they have blade all like tied up and karen's next to him like deacon frost grabs the antidote that they have and he just right yeah i have in my notes i have in my notes did that land because he throws (laughs) it and it doesn't show you that they stuck to the wall and there's no sound effect that it hits the floor or anything shatters. I don't know. Well, there was also that gap in the floor. I don't know. Well, you yeah, hear it. It didn't go there. It's hanging yeah. up on the wall at the end of the movie. So he threw it and it landed on the ledge of the wall. This is d- directly, directly misleading your audience. Yeah. Right. It is. It is. This isn't a, a twist or new information. This is lying to your audience. In throwing away something and not having any sort of visual or audible clue that that thing hasn't been destroyed, but you didn't destroy it, that is deliberately tricking your audience into thinking something that didn't happen, and that is dishonest, and I don't like that. Fair. I'll I, give it to you. Yeah. Especially, especially if it's something as big of a plot device like these antidotes are. Yeah, no, that's true. They really did make that the focal point. And Uh, secondly, why the fuck do we have antidotes whenever we don't need them? Because clearly he can't beat Blade. Okay, now here's what would have fixed it for me. And this is their mistake they made. Deacon, yes, he gets a little bit of power, right? Yeah. Gets his little glowy eyes. All the things start happening. He should have had a second boss phase. For me, I think he maybe is, he maybe is getting a little beat around by Blade. Then he like powers up somehow. I don't know how that is. So here's a new thought. Here's a thought for that. So, at this final boss fight, the very first thing that happens is uh, Donald Logue rushes at Blade, and Blade just, like, kills him immediately, right? Cuts his hand off again. Right. His arm, hand, whatever. <laughs> so, number what three. In this moment, you know, instead of that happening, 
Blade and Deacon get into their fight. Blade whoops Deacon's ass, um, cuts off an arm or, or a hand or something. And what if then, yeah. like, Deacon tosses whatever that is to, to Donald Logue and is like, yo, drink my blood. And Donald Logue oh. drinks the God's blood and now has those godlike abilities too. Because earlier in the movie, when they're talking about this plan, that's exactly what Donald Logue says. Oh, I can't wait to rule over the earth as a god. Like, yeah. Somehow Deacon Frost should have the ability to imbue his allies or at least his underlings temporarily with his godlike abilities. Because yeah. one of them isn't enough. See, I thought the initial plan would turn all of the old cancel into his minions. I thought, yeah, I thought it would turn all of the turned vampires into like yeah. super powerful right. villains. Right. I thought that was the point. And then you have seven super villains against right. a and Karen have... and a Blade. <laughs> right. Luck. Right. Yes. Yeah. Vanilla. Yes, this yep. is exactly what I had in my mind too. At no yep. point did, did did it seem to me like only Deacon would get these abilities. And even then, yep. like it, it was like, who cares? Because Deacon wouldn't know what to do with them. No, Deacon was never the Deacon's the planner type of villain. Right. Right. Deacon is not the brute force. I'm coming in to kill everybody, villain. Yeah. So that that true that plan doesn't work. The way we just described it, that to, does work. Well, even the fact that he wants to fight Blade one-on-one -on -one doesn't make sense for his character. Everything no. he's done in this movie has been a group effort. Like, yeah. And I guess like that might be the point that like now he has this special power that he thinks he can overpower Blade. Okay, that's great. But then whenever he loses that first initial fight, then he should give other people his powers too because he realizes he's still not enough. And that that would be a really good story beat. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, it fits. Yeah. No, and because and, Blade kind of learns that, right? Right. Well, he knows it with Whistler, but he learns it more with Karen. Sure. Right. It kind of like fits that in of like I can handle more than one person in my life. Yeah. Uh, and, it's not. It was a good little story touch. People are actually accessories, not detriments they're actually yeah. helping me not hindering me like we we are here doing this job together because we have the capability of doing it together yeah you know and, and it, it just feels this especially with you know and and i will say that before this one-on-one -on -one fight blade does kick some ass pretty good <laughs> oh yeah totally they do that um, thing him and one of the you know this is before the one-on-one -on -one Deacon fight, there's full henchman activity going on. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And I I, I enjoy all of it. Um, yeah. And also, Karen has a one-on-one -on -one with the, the lead girl. Yeah, but we should also mention, we, we already, we skipped over this, and this is, I think, a big yeah. deal um, before we go any further with the climax. But Blade was blood nearly dry because of this little trap that the, that his mom had him in that mm -hmm. hooked him with these razors uh that that eventually killed the 12 pure-blooded vampires uh so to revive him karen really interestingly i think allows blade to bite her and suck his suck her blood 
Yep. Which was very hot. <laughs> and very risky. <laughs> very risky. Um, and, and it's so interesting because it's cutting back and forth in between Deacon becoming this fully powered vampire god and Blade becoming fully powered from drinking human blood, they're showing the exact same transformation that they're both becoming the most powerful versions of each other that they possibly could be. Yeah. Uh, And it also is interesting from the standpoint of Karen already cured herself, but what if she is infused with actually mixed DNA? Right. Right. That I think that I mean I think that makes sense. It leads into a second movie pretty well. Yeah, and I think that it, but, it you know it's it's a good stance for, for Blade because I they think that they've established pretty well that before, you know, since he's been taken care of by, um, by Whistler, he hasn't killed anybody. He hasn't drank human blood since then. Yeah, you know, and. and yep. That's very nice, but anyways, yeah. Uh, Karen gets into a fight with the with the lead uh, vampire seductress. Um, see, and that's another thing that I didn't accept. Like, so what? Like, Blade's mom is okay with <laughs> with Deacon Frost whoring himself out all over the place? Well, I don't think if if she, if it's a if it's a like ownership situation, I guess she doesn't get a choice. Right. I I don't know. That's how I explained it away. Forget that vampires are like that anyways. Yeah. It seems, it feels like it. I thought it was a familiar situation. I didn't realize when she tells that she's a vampire, I was like, Oh, she's a vampire. Okay. Oh yeah. She was way too young for me. I was like, that woman did not give birth in the (laughs) sixties. Yeah. Uh, Mercury is her name. Okay. I just wanted to look it up. Because um, yeah. I actually kind of enjoyed her, Arlie Jover. Cool, yeah, she was cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Karen and Mercury get into a fight while Frost and Blade uh, start off with a sword fight. Which can we take a moment to talk about how cool fucking Blade Sword is? The best, so cool. So the one time that Donald Logue gets de-handed in this movie, it isn't even because Blade did anything. He just tripped his blade. His sword has this little device on it that if you don't like flip the switch in time, these five little prongs come out of it and like rip your hand apart. Smart move. Very cool. That's good design. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, now, yeah, we've talked about it enough. Blade fights uh, uh, Frost, who is infused with this uh, Lamagra fucking entity who ends up meaning dick in this movie. It was so unfortunate. (laughs) It had such a great, great potential. We get the like most 94 computer imagery you could possibly imagine. Oh, with when he's exploding? Well, no, he cuts off his arm and then he cuts him in half. And then like oh, yeah. <laughs> her body goes away. But like yeah. there's this ribbon of red liquid that's supposed to be blood. But like you're watching it and you're like, that ain't blood, dog. <laughs> and it like stitches him back together. And, like, yeah, all the sinew. <laughs> Oh my god, dude, it was so bad. I was like, you know, listen, 
bad CGI is so long as it's a good moment in a movie does not bother me because I can accept bad CGI in good moments. This is bad yeah. CGI in a really bad moment. <laughs> this is like yeah. so bad. This ending of this movie totally lost me. Agreed. Right. Yep. Uh, and all Blade needs to do to win this fight now is just shoot him a couple times with Karen's miracle cure. Yeah. And then he explodes and dies. And that's the fucking climax of the movie. Barely an inconvenience. I know that it was very frustrating because up to that point, I was really enjoying what I was watching. Dude. And I don't know about you all stoked for this, like final confrontation. I was like, I was like, oh, God, like this entire movie, Blade has been fighting off against vampires who are so much weaker than him that I cannot wait to see how he figures out a way to become crafty and cunning enough to beat a vampire that's finally. No, he just shoots him a couple times and it's done. Yeah, that's it. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it was so- a weird choice. This movie was so weird in so many ways. The moment that like Blade gets to Frost's penthouse is like oh yeah when this movie starts going downhill. It yeah I, I hear you. Uh, it for me it was just like that that if the, the ending was better it could salvage some of those rough spots, but the ending just made all those rough spots even bigger of an eyesore. Yeah. And, yeah, that's it's unfortunate. So they end with uh, Blade asking Karen to come and help him out on his journey to eradicate the world of vampires. Uh, and in a cutscene, denouement, if you will, perhaps an epilogue, even, uh, we go to Russia where yeah. a vampire is about to bite a Russian woman. And then <laughs> does Blade introduce himself like this everywhere? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really, really hope so. That blade drip. I yeah. would push myself like that everywhere. Yeah, of course you would. Yeah. Yep. It's- so you know, Russia, baby. Yeah. We're going to Russia. We are going <laughs> to Russia. Uh if you were wondering, Vanilla Bear, Blade killed 88 vampires in this movie. Pretty good. That's actually less than I expected. Yeah, not bad, I think. Uh, I will uh, just just a little little other things that I thought were cool. Um, Well, mainly one big thing that I thought was cool. Uh, So this movie was, you know, besides Howard the Duck, which we don't talk about Howard the Duck. This was like the real first Marvel superhero live action movie, right? Uh, right. It's a really big deal. The fact that it's Blade is kind of crazy, but like I think that you have to do, especially in the '90s, you know, a Blade movie uh, or 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 a character that doesn't have so many powers. Because what are you going to do in Iron Man? How are you going to do an Iron Man in 1998? Yeah. Right? No, there was yeah, there was limitations, right? Right. So you have to pick yeah. a character that doesn't need all of that accoutrement to make the movie work. So. Uh, this movie was very influential onto Blade, the character itself. Um, in in later editions of the character, they actually rewrote Blade's origins so they fit with this movie. Oh, yeah, this is actually an original take 
on how Blade got his powers. Initially, um, very similar. Blade's mother uh, actually survived her vampire attack and gave birth to the boy. And uh, Blade's powers were initially that he was just immune to vampire bites. Oh, okay. All right. Kind of like an yeah. Ellie situation. Right. And then later on, uh, he meets up with Morbius, the living vampire, who gives him this the powers of, you know, super strength and speed, shit like that. Later yeah. on, versions of the character would take more notes from this movie and actually make Blade the result of a coupling between a vampire and his mother. Okay, all right. Have vampire that I think that's my personal favorite version of Blade. I think that's a really unique take on the character. Yeah. Um Blade was created, if you saw at the beginning of this movie, by Marv Wolfman and artist uh, Gene Kalan. Um, Mark, Marvin Wolfman, uh, huge character in, in the superhero publishing world of comic books. This is the guy that wrote the initial Crisis on Infinite Earths which is one of the most influential comic limited series of all time. Um, that's all this guy. Not only did he create or co-create Blade, he also co-created Cyborg, Raven, Starfire, Deathstroke, Batman's third Robin, Tim Drank, Nova, Black Cat, motherfucking Bullseye, and the Omega Men. Oh, this is this around the block for a bit. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. And and Gene Cologne, um, also really big uh, writer, drawer, uh, inker in the world of comic books, doing many uh, long running series, including Batman, Tomb of the Dracula, Doctor Strange, uh, and of course, Daredevil. Initially in this movie, New Line Cinema was had to be convinced to give credit to Marv Wolfman and Gene Collan and, and was convinced to by David S. Goyer. Like he, he did not want to make this movie without saying, Hey, these are the guys that created this comic book character. They wanted to just say uh, characters created by Marvel. And I think that this oh, is a God. really big reason why today we have the creators listed through the movies. Right. Oh, it's important. Yeah. I, I, I that would have sucked. Kind of fucked up that they were like, nah, don't even worry about it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh yeah, and and yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. I, I thought that was a important enough detail that, that should have been. Um yeah, I already talked about Stan Lee's potential cameo in this. That would have been interesting. Instead, we have to wait a few more years for Stan Lee to get his first cameo in a live action movie. Yeah, uh, and of course, that vampire in Moscow at the end of the movie was initially going to be Chris Christopherson as Wes oh. having Blade hunted him down. Um, I could only imagine that test screeners didn't like that, didn't understand the motivation and wouldn't have wanted that. So they just refilmed it with a different uh, vampire. OK, yeah, Fair. yeah. Uh, any other thoughts you want to talk about this movie no no i think i'm good i had a good time watching it yeah uh well, you know before we get into our rating of this movie vanilla bear 
I have some questions. Let's do it. These <laughs> ones are fun. <laughs> from this movie, who would you want to see lost in the woods, naked and afraid style? Or Quinn, I should say lost on an island, survivor style. Because yeah, Qu- back on Quinn. Right now. The answer is Quinn. I think he'd be hysterical. Oh, <laughs> listen, Quinn has either got to be your answer for lost in the woods or fighting a grizzly bear. Mine is fighting yeah. a grizzly bear. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my lost in the woods is probably Deacon Frost. Okay. Yeah, I feel like he'd do real <laughs> bad out there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, Quinn would do bad out there too, but not as bad as Deacon Frost. I already yeah. said it. I think that Donald Logue should fight a grizzly bear, but who do you think should fight a grizzly bear? Uh, I think I'd go with Mercury because I actually think she's more, even though she doesn't beat Karen, um, I don't remember exactly how it plays out, but it's not like a, a strong fist fight situation. I think because she has the antidote thing, so yeah, like, she kind of has the leg up, right? But she's like outsmarted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think I think that she would be, put up a real good fight with a bear. Sure. I think she's more tough than Deacon ever was. Dude, she should have been one of the people that he gave vampire yeah. god powers to. Uh huh. Now that you mentioned it, yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> and finally, Vanilla Bear, who would you, how would you fit David Batista into Blade? Uh, oh, this was like the easiest possible thing. Because him becoming a vampire god at the end fixes that ending. Plus, oh, you know, yeah. big ass Batista against Wesley Snipes with yeah. godlike sure, powers. Sure. I would feel that immediately as a threatening experience for both that parties. That would be awesome. Yeah. That's, that's the main reason because the rest of the movie, I think Deacon Frost does okay. But that last section portion of the film, it doesn't work because he's not tough enough. Sure. But you give us a Batista at the, at the height of his athletic power. Score. <laughs> Uh, so early in the movie blade visits this one dude who has like vampire remedies right he has like essence of garlic and yeah and and he and he has the sickest haircut because his haircut is an eye that's shaved into the back of his head it's not even a tattoo it's it's shaved yeah that's my batista my batista runs yeah 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 and Fair. also, I just read this right now. Uh, that little kid that's being held hostage by fucking Deacon Frost is Brenda Song. No. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> Dude. No. This movie rules again. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I had no idea. Dude, could you have even guessed? No, it. No. Oh my god, awesome. <laughs> Fucking Brenda songs in this movie, and I had no idea. What a great, great. Thing. What a yeah. great what yeah. a fact to know. I... Whenever someone's like, Do you like Brenda's song? Oh, you mean like from Blade? <laughs> <laughs> so we started this movie talking about the Marvels, right? Yeah. <laughs> if the Marvels came out in 1998, like Blade did, the exact same movie. Came out on August 21st, 1998. Instead of Blade, uh-huh. the 
Incredibles would be considered one of the greatest movies of all time. I think Explained. it is. I think it is our um, evolution as moviegoers that has changed our perception of what makes great movies. Think of oh yeah. You know, we've we've had what 30 Marvel productions, over 30 Marvel productions that are almost the ex- you know, nearly the exact same essence of movies over and over again by the same company for the past 15 years now, right? Yeah. Of course we get stale to it. Of course we don't because it's not what it was before anymore. And of course you have, you know, you have all these fucking idiots who hate women, whatever, get them out of the conversation. Yeah. I don't, hated yeah. this movie and never went to see, right? Sure. Uh, but you have to think about like how far we've come in movies to even think that the Marvels is bad. Dude, you would have had this up against like a Charlie's Angels for right. people of like, which one was better? Yeah. Over time, at least. It wasn't the same time frame, right? But, like, you would have had comparisons to stuff like that. Correct. Um, yeah, no, you're right. That makes You make a good point there. Uh, but I can see it almost flipped, right? If this, if, like, the Marvels had come out then, you might have gotten a more uh, comedic version of Marvel first, and then they would have jumped to that dramatic side. Right? Because why would you deviate from what worked? Well, well, that's the thing. Like, and then when, how does someone take a dramatic film twenty years later well, if you try to shift tone? You know, so it's so crazy. It's always cyclical, right? I've said earlier yeah. that Blade wanted to be uh, serious and dramatic because the most recent comic book movies that come out were failures, and those were the Joel Schumacher. Batman mm-hmm. movies, right? Who, which were very yeah. childish. So we need to go the opposite of that and make Blade, which yeah. is very serious, right? And now we have Blade. X Men comes out, which kind of follows the same thing, and even Spider Man, right? Yeah. They're not really well. Comp- the first Hulk was with Edward Norton. Have the Marvel mode out, right? Because Iron Man hasn't come out. So now we have yeah. these, like, we have Blade, and as x-men and spider-man go on they get more and more fun right they get more and more child we get more and more movies that have the toys coming out right and then what comes out vanilla mother fucking batman begins by christopher nolan he says man these comic book movies are a little childish anymore aren't they (laughs) yeah (laughs) let's do a really gritty really dark batman so good it's so, so good. <laughs> comes out, which is now establishing like this real dark and gritty f- mode of fucking superhero movies. Dark Knight comes out, which continues that. But now fucking Marvel is looking at these movies and saying, hey, you know, those movies are pretty dark. Let's make them fun again. And boom, Iron Man comes out. Practically a comedy. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Right. It's just so funny to me how like these two companies like consistently are trying to do the opposite of what other, the other one is doing. Yeah. And that, that is a thousand percent true because even just recently, right. The Batman, that's one of the darkest movies I've ever seen. Yeah. (laughs) It's so dark and grueling and everything is negative 
that's happening in that world. Like it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I hear you. It's just, it's just interesting to me is all. I think that yeah. it's interesting. I think that it's fascinating. I love this. I, I love this, like studying the whys of, of the movie world and trying to figure out where it all kind of fits in with one another, because then you have movies like this, this Blade movie that really feels like it moved the needle in a way that I'm not sure if comic book movies can move the needle anymore. I'm uh, I, I think mean, they can. I, I don't, don't really think they can. I don't mean like financially. I mean, like philosophically. I mean, like no, what this I movie is doing is so different than anything else that was at its time. So my stance on that idea is that they need to get X-Men right. X-Men can do that. Yeah. If they do it right, X-Men has all of those pieces in it. Sure. Just don't F it up. Right. Right? Because Deadpool's not going to do it. Right? Deadpool is a fun, action-packed movie. That's all. And I think it's a great time to introduce X-Men. So I was just talking to my friend, and we'll do this, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, yeah. I was just talking to my friend, and I want to get your opinion on this. So... I mm -hmm. think this is just my thought. I have no reason to believe this because I don't look up news. I don't look up trailers. Yeah. I don't look up leaks. No, but I'm I with think you. that Deadpool 3 is Deadpool traveling the multiverse to put together the X-Men team that's going to be in the MCU. I didn't think of it from that side, but I think I do believe it has something to do with bringing the X-Men together. I don't know how that happens, but right. yes, I hear you. It has um, I do think it would be interesting if all of the X-Men teams come from different realities. Right. That's that what would I, be fun. That's yeah. what I think it's going to. Yeah, yeah. Every member is going to be from a different universe. Yeah. That's exactly then you learn so many more things from each of those characters. Yeah, and then it's so much smarter for it. It immediately takes away the need for origin movies for this whole team. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So glad we agree. Hopefully blades in there. I love it. Hopefully Blade's in that. Yeah, like Blade comes from another reality. That'd be so cool. Dude, dude. <laughs> Wesley Snipes Blade. I would <laughs> Oh my god, yes. Please. Uh, I, I would love to see both of them. I'd like to see I'd love to see my goth and him. If he pops his head in and Deadpool like looks at the camera and says it's suckhead time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I would take something like, like, my sword's cooler, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, you know, something like that, too. But I think yours is good. Yours is good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really enjoyed great stuff. this movie with you. This was a, a great choice, Vanilla Bear. Thank you for, yeah. for putting this out there for us. Yeah. Uh, really and this weekend. And this weekend coming up. Cubs, we're gonna keep the manliness going. Big time, a little Braveheart action, and our big polar bears coming back. Big time. Oh, it's gonna be great. We're very <laughs> excited for for Braveheart, right? Yep. Yeah, so excited. So thank you guys for listening out there, Cub and Cubettes. Come into contact with us. Uh, Forest Film Club twenty two at gmail .com is how you uh, suggest movies. You put it in there, we will watch it. We guarantee that. 
Uh, follow us on social medias at Forest Film Club on various websites. Of course, you can also do the WordPress opinions. Can be wrong. Curated by our very own Vanilla Bear over there, who's working on a very fun article inspired by this movie itself. So definitely check that out. And of course, if you don't know, you should know. This has been your Chocolate Bear Mundo. And I think there's an obvious one here, so I'm just going to say it. This has been the Forest Film Club. Thank you all for listening. And as always, hashtag Blade Tista. Yeah, perfect.